COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. It's Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., so I wanted to take a bit of a different approach to episode 91. Different music, different everything. We'll be back with our regular programming, as they say, next time with the second part of our chat with Ben Shapiro, and we'll focus on the proposition that, perish the thought, we have reached peak podcast. We're not even close, so don't worry. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Anyway, today I'm bringing together some of the best thoughts from the last 90 or so episodes on brand, creativity, the words we use, and the value of a good creative brief. We start with Elle Wolf, who was on early this year talking about her rebrand at Path Factory. She had a great secret weapon. This is the one thing I'll say. This is the secret weapon in case people are, are, are wondering. I am so lucky to have two very talented designers sit on my team. And it's hard to recruit great creatives into the B2B space. Because often, if you're a great creative, like the last place you want to go is boring old B2B and do boring old B2B work, right? So I think that if you want great creative, you have to promise that it's not going to be boring, that they'll have some autonomy and leeway to do good work that's fun and interesting. And we have a ton of fun. I mean, again, like we push the envelope, I think, on the creativity side, even though the marketers that we market to tend to be pretty left-brained. I mean, we market to demand gen, marketing ops, you know, it's a pretty analytical crowd, but they're still marketers at heart and they like, you know, visual storytelling and they like good creative. And so, you know, I I just have found in, in past organizations, I've outsourced all my creative, worked with agencies and that's fine. But I just think, you know, having this internal design capability and such great designers has just helped us to be really fast and agile and, and just do really just great creative. Okay. You're in B2B. You have a great in-house design team. How do you approach the work? Let's turn to Tony Temple for that answer. I reckon in reality, B2B's been dead for about 20 years just that nobody said anything. <laughs> it, and I think that's because there are a lot of people who make a living out of B2B marketing. There are B2B marketing agencies who specialize in B2B, and they want to perpetuate that. 
And, and when I say it's dead, what I mean is it isn't. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> the reality is in B2C or retail, there are few people involved in the sales cycle. So if I want to buy a pair of shoes, I go to a guy who's selling shoes. That's me and the guy selling the shoes. And in the background is the guy who makes the shoes. And that's kind of it. It's a very short chain. Whereas in a, in a business to business transaction, there could be upwards of 20, 30, 40, 50 people at all levels of seniority throughout the business and with, with different agendas to actually focus and make that decision. So, yeah, it's more complex. But if you speak in that corporate voice, if you consider this as one organization speaking to another, you automatically drop into that passive tone of voice. You just become gray like everybody else. And that really is, is, is what makes the difference. I think now you and me not B2B is the sort of philosophy that B2B companies need to adopt. You need to be more human because even in a B2B scenario, it's people dealing with people, people by people. People are affected by emotions primarily. And those are the things that you've got to focus on instead of this stiff problem, pain, solve, discussion, and then myriad personas and different messages for each of them, which really just serves to confuse. So really you've got to strip it back, get more human, and think about the person the other side of the screen. It's not a, a building talking to another building. <laughs> That's kind of what I mean by you and me not B2B. It's people talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly when you think about the connected world we live in, and it's a connected world, not, not office block or town or, or city or nation. It's global. You and I both have friends all over the world, and we're connected by LinkedIn. We're connected by Facebook, by Instagram, by Twitter. You know, this is the world we live in. It's human. It's connected. These people network everything. So we've got to get real and start acting like humans. Treat everyone like a human. It's really about respect. And as Alex Withers points out, everyone is creative. It's interesting. We've been working with the IBM Design Think team, and I did a keynote speech in Austin a few months ago at a Fulcrum Exchange event of design leaders. And it was a great day because after all the content, we got to um, go around the, the IBM Design Studios and Interestingly, they don't even allow the word creative to be tagged to anyone's job title because it insinuates that everyone else is not creative. Right. And I think that it's really important for us all to remember that we have to be creative through the organization, but strong creativity from the traditional creative team allows you to do a few things very well. It gets you better ROI on every dollar spent. There is no doubt that if you don't allow quality to suffer and you hold quality in high regard in your marketing machine that you'll get better open rates, better click-through rates, better engagement rates, better spontaneous awareness scores. You'll be able to punch above your budget weight. So one of the things we're very proud of when we go to some of our, the big trade shows in the creative world is I know my team and our creativity will mean that every dollar we spend on that event as a lead sponsor will generate more booth traffic and more ROI than any other vendor at the show because we put so much attention on creativity. So, 
you know, the skills are um, driving more ROI for the same dollar spent, um, improving time to market because they understand the brand. If the creatives get the brand and they do because they live it every day, then they can turn work around faster without letting quality suffer and they maintain brand consistency. Creativity is important, but it's not just about design, is it? Our words have power. And Ben Afia is a master at understanding that power and putting it to use for companies. It's really about culture, he says. I suppose this is the heart of it, really. It's that, you know, we use language to express our vision, our strategy as leaders. We lead and engage people using language. We manage people and we connect with people using language. So, you know, language really is in everything within an organization. It's in your strategy. It's in your performance contracts. It's in your marketing. It's in your terms and conditions. So, you know, words are everywhere and words articulate your thoughts and your behavior. The, the language gives away what you really believe about your customers and about your staff. And I think that people are just not really aware of it. They're not quite conscious of the fact that the words they're using give those, you know, gives away that truth. And so when the language is harsh or less than human, you know, that's a message that you probably don't want to be giving to your customers or to your employees, but it, it almost happens by accident. And I'm asking people to be a bit more thoughtful yeah. about how the language they use reflects their culture. You've got everything aligned internally, but how do you articulate your plans? The dreaded creative brief. Greg Quinton has an idea on the purpose of the brief and how to write it. The creative brief is purely an articulation, a single page articulation of this is it. This is really what we need, nuts and bolts. We've got rid of all the rest of the stuff. This is the stuff that we, the pithy points that we've got to and we need your help on. So during that process, you're understanding really what your needs are. We are watching and listening and understanding those needs as well. And then we all have the same understanding of what the ambition is. And, you know, we're all a little bit closer and a little bit clearer by the end of that process. And that really helps. You know, I, I always find it staggering when people think that a pitch will provide the answer. It never will. Yeah. All a pitch can do is give you, the client, an understanding of how we, the agency, think. And that's it. That's all we can ever do. We cannot, it would be arrogant to say that we can solve it at that point because we don't really understand the problem, you know, the deep down problem. So, you know, I would say, you know, if I was making a recommendation to a client, I'd say, you know, just get close to the, the team that are work, you're working with. Give them as much time as you possibly can. Do as many workshops as you possibly can. Involve the people who are the, are the right people to involve, but no wider. The, the more people you have, the more it's going to look like a camel. That's a nice dose of wisdom on brand. Thanks to L. Tony, Alex, Ben, and Greg. I'm amazed at the thinking some of my guests have had in our chats. It was enlightening to go back and listen. We'll try this again in the future on other subjects. But next time, Ben Shapiro is back with more on podcasting. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer is written, produced, and edited by yours truly. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. Until next time, I'm Mark Reed Edwards.
You stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.